0: We do so, we should, and so do. As far as I'm mentioning it is, I just happen to see you, and that's my story, and that's sticking to it. Tonight, Judo and I want to talk about the band. You have a long history with it, and I have none. So I was unmuted. I can't hear Kira. I hear I hear her very distantly, like she's way far away. Am I as muffled as she is? How about now? Oh, there you are! Whoa! Oh, I gotta turn my phone down. Ow! Sorry, I was I was kind of unplugged, you know, like half unplugged. There you go. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I, it was like I it was okay it was like I could hear you, but like you were like five rooms away. I was not plugged back. all the way in, Rogue. Yeah, I'm back. Yeah. Anyways, I had inadvertently made a a joke about experience and I didn't, it, it wasn't on purpose, I promise. I wasn't, uh, there's no way I could legitimately say that I have no experience. <laughs> but I've never participated in a writing Big Bang. <laughs> you got all kinds of bangs. I can predict a lot of sexual innuendo in this podcast because I we can't, help can't it. hear the word bang without thinking about sex. That's just how I'm wired. I, and I make no apologies for this. And also, it's too hot for pants. I live in the South. So, it's just going to be one of those nights. <laughs> too I am hot geared for up for snacks, well, so. but, it's too hot that for That was, uh, okay. I mean, I'm not naked over here, but I am just wearing a t-shirt and some underwear. Because it's too hot for pants. I guess I, I'm wearing a sort of a, I don't know, sleep, sleep cami type thing. But, you yeah, know, it's long. It's long enough to cover my butt. <laughs> well, covering the butt is important. Well, covering the front is more important, especially when you live with people. <laughs> <laughs> so, big bang. Big bang. There's not, I think that. Well, you looked up earlier. The kind of they were kind of a, a reprisal of the. Um, what Happened when the zines kind of went out, which it's a good thing that zines went away. Um, I think somebody was trying to probably preserve the author artist collaboration thing without the, you know, illegal activity, um, or question activity of questionable legality. Because I'm sure not everybody made big profits on zines, but it certainly went that way. And the zines that still exist, they're charging like 25 bucks for an ebook. That's bad juju. Um, But, you know, when I first came into fandom, like, you know, back in the late 90s, zines were a big thing and and bangs were taking off. And um, I found the idea of bangs really intimidating. I don't know why, because it's not like I was posting my work as I went. Really rough trade is more intimidating. Um, I don't know. I just thought it was kind of like – it took me a while to want to try to participate in one, and I did eventually participate in several now. But I did eventually way back then, um, and I liked it because it's 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 the it's a challenge designed towards completion, right? That you're going to complete mm-hmm. something. Um, I think I like. It. It's still, you're a little bit in a bubble, but you're part of a community, right? You have, there's usually either, back then it was like a Yahoo group or something. Um, now you have websites, or some people run bangs on AO3. I don't understand how that even works, um, because I think one of the things that makes bangs work is the community aspect of it. And you kind of lose that when you're in a, um, an environment like in AO3, you're trying to do it through email or something like that. Um, but it's a lot of um, – it's fun to be – that. so when I do bangs that don't have that kind of community aspect in it of, you know, authors helping each other out, it becomes less fun. Um, working out, you know, and you have problems, you work it out with people. and um, Some bangs pr- prioritize the secrecy of the story above anything else. I'm not really a big fan of that. It's great to kind of keep things kind of – you want a big reveal of course but it's um when you're trying not to give data away and you're really really focused on not revealing too much it kind of sucks the fun out of it so um and it makes it difficult to get support in any kind of public way like on the community website or whatever um I, i've never run seen a bang two two bangs that run the same way <laughs> they all seem to have little tweaky rules that are different um but I don't know. It's just really it's fun, it's fun to have that kind of community, in, um, that kind of a community and in, in environment um, to to do a, work on a story in. And somebody asked about what exactly is a big bang. Um, a big bang is a 50k story or more. And um, there are people who have different uh, have. It became difficult to get people to participate in 50K challenges, which is weird to me because Nano is a 50K challenge and a lot of people participate in that. Um, but people have changed that. And some people just call anything anything a bang. Anything can be a big bang. They'll call 5K or 10K or 15K a big bang, and it doesn't meet the traditional definition of a big bang because um, they would call them like mini-bangs. Um, reverse bang, a reverse bang is where the art comes first, and then you write a story. A bang is where the story comes first, and then there's art at the end. So it's a collaboration. Um, reverse bangs typically have a shorter length than um, a big bang, because typically in a reverse bang, I think, I think that was probably a nod to um, – it's a little bit more difficult to work from a prompt – for some people, than it is to work from their own original idea. So um, I've seen reverse bangs with as little as 3,000 words as the minimum. Uh, I find 3,000. I never that's participated tiny. in a bang, but I don't understand how anything under 50K could be considered big. I mean, I'm a wordy bitch. Maybe that's just me. Well, that's the reverse you have bang. six months to a year to participate in a bang, and three k is your goal yeah, Okay. Because yeah. the reverse bang <laughs> reverse bang is about it's about a five month cycle on a reverse bang um and i've I've seen them as little as three k now I've seen many bangs that were five k i think actually i think the the five k was a micro bang um But the funny thing is when you allow any any length, it it just kind of starts, the bang part of it starts to lose any meaning. If you're going to do a mini bang, the thing about the shorter bangs is if I were doing a shorter bang, I would cap out the top half. Because if you're doing a a mini bang and you want to do 10 to 20K stories, then that's what you should expect is 10 to 20K. Because if you just have anybody signing up and somebody submits 120K, I, I don't know, it's just weird to me. I don't know. But a big bang traditionally, a big bang is 50k or more. Now, there was an extreme big bang challenge that was a 100k challenge. Um, mm-hmm. It was a multi most. It was a multi fandom extreme big bang, and the I it was they had a little bit more than a year to get it done. Um, you would think that that would have worked. I think the 100k wound up biting them in the butt. A lot of people got 50 to 80K before they were just like, I don't have enough plot for 100K. And it kind of fizzled. Um, I think the extreme was a um, um, an issue. A specific word length, it's more a specific minimum, not a maximum. Um, And a firm completion schedule, yes. Um, There's typically some kind of sign-up period. You start work anytime you're ready to start work. Um, There's usually a point where your rough draft is due. Depending upon the moderator or the admin, they'll set up a... um, What you have to have completed to be considered a rough draft, so that would be like 80% of your word count um, would have to be in. And not 80% of 50K, but 80% of your story would have to be done to be considered a rough draft, which should be at least 80% of 50K, depending upon how long your story is. So um, some, some require a complete rough draft. Um, although I don't know how anybody polices that because I sent in complete rough drafts that were my complete rough draft, and they got a hundred percent bigger on the edit. So, um, and no one's ever <laughs> said anything to me about it, but whatever, <laughs> you know. Um, and then, and then after the rough drafts come in is typically when you would have the people who are people who completed their rough draft on time are eligible for what's called the art claiming period and so usually it's anonymized so the moderator puts up the stories anonymously like a summary of the fandom pairing and all that kind of stuff Um, and then the artists who are signed up come in and claim the stories they're interested in doing art for and art can be anything it can be a drawing it can be a banner it can be um a video. Um, we, I did a bang once where somebody was doing videos, and I, I so wish they had picked my story because I can make my own banner, but I would have loved to had a video for one of those stories. That would have been so cool. Um, so that's usually the cycle. Is that I have seen bangs that pair up the artist and the, um, the artist and the and the author early on, like early in the cycle, based upon the summary. Um, From the art side, I don't like that. It's not my jam. So um, it's also a little bit weird because the artist really has nothing to do until – it's supposed to be based upon a completed story, the art, not on a concept. And um, it kind of can be a big waste of the author's time if somebody changes their story dramatically from inception, from their summary. And it also hamstrings the author to pair up early um, because then the author has already passed off this summary and this information to the artist. And then if they don't like the way it's going, they have no room to change, really, or they have to go consult with their artist and make sure the artist hasn't wasted time. So that that model didn't ever – I didn't really care for that model. Um, but most of them, the art is, is done based upon – it's claimed based upon a completed story. And then the artist gets – at least the rough draft, you submit at least the rough draft to your artist, if not your second draft, and then your artist goes off and makes art based on your story. Um, and depending upon the artist, some some bangs require all kinds of definite requirements on the artist, like if it's a big bang, which would be 50K or more, they might require... Um, three pieces of art or two pieces of art or one minimum. It just depends upon what the moderators do. I've seen all kinds of flavors on that. Um, some artists are inspired to do a lot more if they really like the story or they do chapter headers or, you know, whatever. Um, but there's kind of just this, It's a the general idea is that it's a collaboration. It, it's art and story mixed. It's so you get... But the in-between is what's really different depending upon the moderator, right? Do they have a community set up for people, authors to interact with each other, for authors and, and sometimes they have cheerleaders who are part of the community? Do they have a beta hookup? I mean, some communities provide a lot of support and some banks provide almost none. Um, so it's really, um, it's really variable depending upon how it's run. Um, I've had some that I loved participating in and some that I hated participating in. And I'm like, I'll never do that again kind of thing. (laughs) Um, I did recently back out of a bang. It's the first time I've... I I think it's the first time I've ever dropped out. Um, I backed out over something that was talked about on Facebook recently, which is um, sudden rule changes um, based upon a character name. So I just was like, I'm just not... I had other stories that I could have done. It wasn't It wasn't the point of me not being able to come up with another idea. It was strictly the principle of the thing because I don't like – if there's going to be a rule change, it needs to be done in the favor of the participant. If something's unclear, it should always be done in the favor of the participant, not in any other way, is my opinion. So I um, – and And especially since the re- the the reason given was that it might alienate readers or it was just like no, no, and this all went through someone else but I did see the email so i I feel confident saying about what you know speaking to what was said um, But when I heard about the reason why she was stuck, all of her ideas said it would have broken this rule that wasn't a rule. I said, "I'm not participating in this, I'm not gonna do it I'm not gonna." And it's first I've ever dropped out of a bang. Even if I'm miserable, I've always completed them. Um, there you have it. I was also prepared to um, deal with arbitrary rules that don't make any sense to me at all. The rule also didn't make sense. It, it, it was so arbitrary. It was just it was crazy. And especially if one of the reasons for the rule ostensibly is to not alienate readers, which I find super offensive. Um, I just had to say I'm not going to I'm not going to participate in that. So. Um, and then that got me thinking. I should do my own thing. <laughs> 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 make make sure it's got a good setup for community and that it doesn't do any of the things that I find annoying. And you know that particular um, mindset is basically the the. The story behind Rough Trade and Wild Hair. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, we don't like what you do. We're gonna go do our own thing. (laughs) We don't. Will not be called Jilly Bang, but it will be a big bang. I did decide it's going to be a fifty k minimum. There are a lot of bangs out there. Um, I'm going to bang you all. Actually, I'm going to bang as many of you as sign up. So there you go. Um, wow. There are, a lot of bang, there are a lot of bangs out there that are short, and I felt like I wanted to do a traditional big bang. Um, but I was talking to the bitches earlier, and I wanted to do multi-fandom because I don't want to get, put a fandom limitation on things. Um, typically, multi-fandom bangs have a theme, um, not always, but typically they do. And I decided to go with the fix it theme, which would be like, you know, that's so broad. You could do time travel, but you got to fix something. There'll be something you want to fix. And so, um, we decided to call it the quantum bang, which is just hysterical. This is, it's hysterical. So it has many meetings, <laughs> many meetings. But mostly, it amused us. <laughs> yes, it was mostly because it was amusing. Yes, so I, I don't, the site is not up yet. I do have um, I do have the domain quantumbang.org, um, so that's already taken care of. Um, but uh, I'll give you the rough dates that I have right now. I didn't want to I wanted to be careful about rough trade challenges because. Well, A, I'm going to be pimping it to a lot of people who participate in Rough Trade, and I don't want to pull them away from that. Um, And since it's a year long challenge, I don't want to stomp on any major deliverables being due when Rough Trade is going on. So sign ups would start. You limit our own Um, fun. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Sign ups would start on August 1st. Uh, So, I'll have between, you know, I'll have like a month and a half to get the website going, which is plenty of time. Um, Even around my writing, because I only have to do 40K in uh, July. So, science would start on August 1st, and um, posting would be the first two weeks of June, and the art claims would be in um, March, early March. So, you would need your rough draft due um, roughly around the 1st of March. And then your final draft would need to be completed by the first of June. So um, that should give that for your rough draft, you'd have from August first to March first approximately to get that done. fifty uh, k in seven months ish um, for your rough draft, and then um, and then, of course, some people will be taking breaks to do um, rough trade in that time. Uh, November Nano. I hope. I hope um, you could wait. And well, you couldn't. You can't post it. You can do Nano, but you can't do rough trade for a bang because we don't want stories that are posted online already. Um, yeah. So you do 50k, and then you'd submit it, and then the art claims would be in March, and you would have between March and sometime in late May and early June to finalize your story, and your artist would have that time, that two months, to get their art done. And then um, July would be a quiet period, meaning it's rough trade again. And then we'd start the next <laughs> round again in the next in the next August. It's just one time a year. I know a lot of challenges run two bangs a year. Um, I wouldn't do that because I have three rough trades to do. so. I think it's good because a lot of times after a rough trade, I'm kind of at a loss as to what I want to do next. So, but I've resisted the idea of, of doing many, many um, challenges on rough trade because I feel like the schedule we have is really good. We have our spring trainings, we have our boot camp, and then we have nano. I just I feel like it's a really good um, schedule, and so I've been resisting doing little many challenges to stimulate myself, which is why I was doing those prompts on the rough, rough trade forum to kind of, you know, keep my juices flowing. But I think having a big bang project in the background would be good. I've never participated because I just, But my, I I don't I don't want to harp on it, but my my um my experience with the Sentinel fandom and with those stupid awards where I won some and they got mad at me for winning because I was a new writer and I didn't write Blair the way they wanted and I ruined their last year of of their awards. It really put me off participating in in fandom things. I did a pinch hit what's for um, Secret Santa for SGA, but only because they couldn't find anybody else. Um, I just volunteered because no one else was volunteering. Um, And um, I just... It it really soured me on participating in big events and awards and shit like that. It just... it, It made me question my it, it made me question how welcome I would be in these very established um, big bangs that were going on, I, you know, because of my because of how the fandom, the signal fandom, responded to me. Yeah, I could see that. I could see why that would be um, a factor in how you would feel about going forward in fandom challenges. And um, and pardon the door slamming. <laughs> okay. Um. <laughs> but, um. I could I could definitely see. I would I would probably feel the same way. I would probably feel, in your in your shoes I'd probably feel the exact same way. Because having a bunch of resentment lobbed at you um, when you haven't done anything is just bullshit. I I just it just put me off. I don't blame you. It would put me off, too, because it's really, it's really terrible, shitty behavior. And I'm not someone who has a problem with confidence, or uh, you might have noticed. Um, so it... it, But... It made me feel like the new girl in high school. <laughs> <You know? laughs> when I wasn't even the new girl in high school. But it made me feel like that. I was like, this is this is some juvenile bullshit. And I was, I just noped out of that part of fandom uh, across the board, um, which is really funny. Cause then I turned around and created um, rough trade where obviously my welcome was, it was, was a <laughs> <laughs> because it was my shit. <laughs> is that, is, is that crazy? I don't know. I mean, you know, no, I don't think it's crazy. <sighs> I don't think it's crazy at all, but for the record, no one's told me I wasn't um welcome on my own challenge yet mm. I mean, that is the fandom way is it when? When we get treated, when some things don't go the way we like, or whatever, or we don't like the way something is run, or whatever, we go and we um, um do it, do, it, do our own thing. And write 5,000 dead air fix. <laughs> That's right. Because um, isn't that why you're a fan of the begin with? They did something you didn't like, it pissed you off, you came over, I'm going to find a fic, if I can't find a fic, I'm going to write one. <laughs> that fixes this bullshit. <laughs> so I'm gonna do my own bang and um invite all my peeps to come bang with me. <laughs> but I did I did want to I mean, I know that it probably people are gonna probably gonna feel cut out because of the um length. Um I will say you have you could start working on it now, folks. All it has to be is thematically is a fix it and I don't care what fandom. Okay. That's it. That's your well, no no pedo. Okay. So Yeah. I, I'm gonna try not I'm not Are gonna, you gonna try not out to RPF? put a, Um I'm on the fence about it. I really do find it like super offensive. So um For I'm trying to do. I consider it an issue of legality. Um, when I said no to RPF on Wild Hair, it's because I don't want somebody to sue me. Yeah. AO3 has a staff and a very large budget and a lawyer. I don't have that. So I'm going to err on the side yeah. of <laughs> Well, I think, I mean, it's a little bit different in that if I decide to host stories on the, on the site, which we might, I wouldn't allow RPF for sure, um, but if um, if if it's elsewhere, I don't know. I'm still I'm still on the fence about some of the rules about what's allowed and what's not. Um, right now, the only thing I'm absolutely firm on is that people under sixteen should not be having sex, um, and and beyond that, um, I'm just. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, if you do something that I find creepy, you know, just, you got to do warnings. You got to do warnings. So if you're going to link to a story, you, it has to be a story that's got warnings. So um, if you're not doing major trigger warnings, but I'm not going I don't want to blanket people with rules or stuff like that because um, I, because the word, the word length, I feel like is restric- fairly restrictive for a lot of people. Um, so I still have to kind of refine about, what what the thought is about what's going to be allowed, but I am going to try to keep the rules fairly minimal in terms of content. Um, as right. long as you warn about what your content is, because if you don't give adequate warnings, <laughs> that's that could be victimizing our, our the artists, who basically when they claim your story are on to some degree are agreeing to read it. Um, they may get into it and find that they aren't that they just can't continue reading it for some reason. Um, I did that. I had that happen with one story. It was they warned for violence. I wasn't expecting as much violence as I got into with the story, and I did have to back out of reading the whole thing. Um, I did get a detailed synopsis from the author, and they were okay with the fact that I couldn't finish the story. Um, but if an author, you know, I, I'm not going to spring stuff like rape or underage sex or. Um, Major character death, actually there shouldn't be any underage sex, but there shouldn't be any kind of rape or major character death that is sprung on an artist unaware. So they need to know what's in the story in order to um, claim it. And that's just, um, I think that's just good manners. it is good manners. Um, and so it's part of being a – it's part of a challenge community, and the artists and the authors are supposed to be working together, and traumatizing your artist is not um, being a good citizen. So, um, yeah. So, you know, there's going to be some traumatizing minimal Traumatizing your about reader what you... is not being a good citizen. I agree. Um, well, people – if, you know, what you do um, – <laughs> um, but, you know, we should alter our story. Bang, bang. Yeah. Bang, bang. You're dead. Well, there's that. Uh, I'll have to put I have, When I get to the side of mine, i have to get a link to that video. Um, oh. the Fix It is really broad, so I think as a theme that it's perfect. Because it um, it allows for so many things, like <clears> to <throat> complete a U, a um, time travel, or I mean, it just it fix it is so open, it's hugely open, so it's it's perfect. Yeah, the Nancy Sinatra song, ba- "Bang Bang," that's the one I need to link. Yeah, if you, can't, if you can't find something to do with Fix-It, uh, hmm. well, hmm. I don't I, know, man. Find something. That's, that's, that's such a It's I such a broad challenge. I've ever written so much yeah. wrong with canon that I need to fix. <laughs> yeah. Which is why I, I write for Arcade, because I think the first name perfect. Yeah. And Fix-It doesn't have to mean something obvious, it can just mean an interruption in canon, right? It could be um, um, the interruption could just be um, like you just have a single tiny event that takes a character's life in a different direction and it's not anything, it doesn't have to be the big overt of quantum what was that thing, what was that thing that I found earlier that was really cool when we named it (laughs) I have to scroll all the way back up. We had a big conversation. (laughs) You may have put that in bitches. I did put that in bitches. In physics, a quantum, plural quanta, is the minimum amount of any physical entities involved in an interaction. So it can be about the ripples of a, of a tiny little event, a little, mm-hmm. a tiny a little nut, the, mm-hmm. the tiny little event can have dramatic impact. Um, so, yeah. So you can have a huge fix it, like the, the big fix it, like the granddaddy fix it, the big kahuna, whatever you want to call it is time travel. Yeah. Okay. Which but I do. The adore. little teeny, the little teeny tiny fix it is just something as small as somebody tripped and sprained their ankle and they weren't in place to get shot one day, or um, they ran across somebody else because they leaned down to pick something up, or I mean it could just be a really teeny tiny thing that ripples out to a new opportunity that takes them in a different direction in their life or it could be consequences for actions, bad actions. That could be your fix-it, where you're addressing something that can and didn't address, like dead air. If you're addressing that bad behavior rather than letting it slide, that's a fix-it. So fix-it is super broad. It's um, um about as broad a theme as I can think of, honestly. Um, so we wanted to do, I wanted to do like really broad theme, Really broad on the fandom side, and then the, it's going to hit you in the word count, though. And honestly, I, I, I'm, I'm, I would probably because I'm more interested in you finishing your story than the the literal rule. I would probably give like a ten percent variance if your story's dead finished in the edit and it's forty five k. I'd probably let that slide. Yeah, I mean, so. I would never want somebody to pad their story just to make word count, but 30K would be a big difference, you know? Yeah. So if you did your best effort, and this is your story, and it's done, and it isn't quite meeting the word count, I'm not going to be militant about that. I have to be really militant Oh, about oh God, you asshole, how dare you not meet your word count? <laughs> I know. I had to be really militant in a challenge where I was off by 300 words. I would have um, to kiss my ass. Uh, that's just me. That could be why I'm not naming these big bangs. Oh. So somebody asked up above, a civil, asked if there's going to be any restrictions on the artwork. Um, I can't think of why I would restrict artwork in any meaningful way. If you want to do a drawing, that's fine. If you want to do a digital image, that's fine. If you want to do a um, digital manipulation, that's fine. If you want to make a video, that's fine. Um, if you want to do a pen and pencil drawing and the author is willing to give you their address and send it to them, I don't care about that either. Um, I can't imagine, I mean, the only, the only thing that would be, I think it could think of restrictive is if there's really triggery content in the, in the artwork, I wouldn't want it viewed, visible um, on, on the website. where People are going to be scrolling yeah. past it. So. Problems against children or animals. Yeah, if you if you made art for them and they were happy with it, um, the art you would need to link on the site would have to be a toned down version or an alternate version because I wouldn't want trigger content in. Um, I wouldn't want trigger content on, visible on the site because when it's visible when it's a visual like art, people scroll past it. They can't get away from it. I wouldn't want to have to look at it. So that's the only restriction I can think of. Otherwise, the media is up to the artist. Um, and honestly, traditionally in bang, the um, the author doesn't get to influence the artist in this way. This is the author presenting a story, and the artist interpreting it artistically. Um, you, it's up. But on the other hand, it's up to the artist. You know, they can ask. up to the author. You know, you know, the artist can give the author as much input as they want. You know, like if they want to put pictures of the cast in the in the images, they could ask. You know, which pictures do you prefer, or whatever. So that's entirely up to the artist. So, um, I have I have done bangs where I felt like that the artist was um, not given was really treated kind of shabbily in the whole process. That they were kind of like. Um, second class citizens to the author and it's supposed to be collaborative so I don't want to kinda get in there um, I'm gonna um, restricting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so, just kinda assholery right there. Yeah, I don't I don't I wouldn't want to put in the case of a bang, the point is is that um the art the author typically is doing quite a bit more work in a fifty K story. But it's not about, you know, amount of work that goes into it. It's, you know, you're turning your story over to somebody to interpret for you. Um, and some people are going to be really experienced, and some people are going to be really inexperienced. But the point is they're all going to try. And so I don't want to, you know, put them in a position where they feel like they're trying to create art on spec. You know, it's supposed to be hands-off. Is They give you something. And some, art, some artists are really, you know, if there's something in here you hate, let me know. Um, the last artist I worked with on a bang, she was really, really helpful in that um, there was just a little, one little thing in the arches or anything that's kind of making me nuts. What do you think of this? And it, it was a mock-up, and it just had a particular image. That it was a particular thing that I particularly hate, and I just told her it was like this is a pet peeve of mine is this one thing, and she was super cooperative about taking that out. Um, but beyond that, I didn't try to influence her, and I only, wouldn't have even said it if she hadn't asked. So because she gave you know, that opening, um, I was like, to say, well it's just one little teeny tiny thing. If you don't mind taking that one thing out. Um, will there be minimum amount of art? Uh no. Um probably not. Um I'm thinking, you know Is that a thing? Um some 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 bigger challenges do have a minimum, like um you have to produce, you know, at least a banner. Um, or if you produce them like a wallpaper, that's all they need. Um, some some challenges I've seen require if they have a multi-chapter fic that you have to do their chapter headers.
1: Um, I, so, point right yeah. now I like
0: to do my own chapter headers. <laughs> yeah.
1: I really I need mean, that whole I, I,
0: thing. I like it a lot. One. one Well, one is the minimum. You should do one. You should do something. Um we were talking about it, it because it's multi, one of my one of the issues with multi with multi fandom with unlimited fandoms is you may not have artists who can participate in um, in some of the smaller fandoms because they don't know them and they're not comfortable trying to make art. And I talked with the with the, with the bitches and um, what we'll do is for those unclaimed art and small fandoms and stuff. Is will at least get you set up with some, you know, nice collages for your story. Um, but it'll be a little bit more interactive because we'll have to, if it's not a fandom we know, we'll have to get you get some information. Uh, but so everybody will get something. So everybody will get art of some kind. Um, it just may be if you choose to write in a really tiny fandom, and we can't, and no artist signs up for it, which is nothing, no reflection on the work. Um, somebody in the moderation team will get you set up with art. So it'll be... um, And if we have a lot of um, participants, we might take volunteers for that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) If anybody likes doing collages um, and they want a pinch hit for anybody who doesn't get... um, a banner artist or video artist or somebody who draws images. I have to tell you folks, I have had kind of couple people draw images for my stories. I almost get like hand drawn images. I almost get teary every time it happens. I don't understand what that's about. I, art always makes me unsolicited. Art always makes me really happy. But I just get I love getting really, art in my mailbox. It makes me so yeah, happy I just to get, get really art I get in my email e- I get really emo I get really email over it. So there's like no bad art that somebody gives you. It's just the coolest Some thing. My favorite that art is, on my site is from Sybil. She drew me um, uh, a really awesome image of bait for Sentinels of Atlantis. It is my favorite piece of art on the site. I, when I got it, I was so excited. She, yeah, Sybil is just banging, banging. She's really good. Speaking of bang, she's banging. She, she didn't meet a unicorn. And she did that flight flight scene from Emergence where Tony lands on um, Gibb's back. Uh, That was just incredible. Oh, Sybil's actually in the chat room. I wasn't blowing smoke up your ass. I mean it. It is literally my favorite piece of fan art I've ever gotten. Um, I love all my fan art, obviously, since I have a whole section of my website dedicated to it. But when I that base image I took my um, laptop downstairs and showed my husband I was like look at this (laughs) and he really liked it too he asked me what it was from so I was explaining the story to him and um, but yeah that image was actually my desktop on my laptop for like a whole year (laughs) but I love getting art in the mail yeah, art is just, it's its super, it's super cool. It's like, oh my gosh, somebody liked what I did so much, they went and did art for it. But yes, and no, there will be no restrictions on art other than unless it's got um, triggery content in it. And that's more a restriction in the case of that I wouldn't want it visible on the site. Um, But yeah, you can do whatever you want. And you can do as many pieces as you want. I've had stories that I've done art for where I really, like, I just did a banner. But sometimes, there's sometimes, I say just a banner. There's this one story I did art for that... I must. Have, I spent so long on that banner trying to get the right mood and capture this one scene in the story. Um, and there's been other stories where I have felt inspired by um, the work, and I did chapter headers and buttons and spaces, like the scene spacers for them. And it's sort of, sometimes I turn over a lot of artwork and it's sort of like, you don't have to use it all, but just do what you want. And sometimes I turn over a banner and it was like, it doesn't seem like it's equivalent effort, but sometimes it is, you know? I think the hardest I ever worked on a on a piece of art was a single banner, so. For those of you who have never seen the art I'm talking about, it's, Yes, on that page that Lady Holder is um just put up in the chat room. It's on page it's 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 page five. It's called Feral Bates. And um yeah, it is I loved it. I still love it. Yeah, that's great. But yeah, it's called Feral Bates. And it is it was it really just captured everything about the story and I was just like, Holy shit, look at that. <laughs> because a lot of times when you're writing you um i have i have well when i write it just kind of takes in my head like a movie and i often wonder if anybody else is seeing that seeing what i see and so that image i was like yes she saw what i saw (laughs) that's what i saw That, that was it that was yeah it was great So we're gonna be banging. <laughs> um, yeah, all of Sybil's art on my site is credited, so if you see her, if you see it draw images, if she drew them her um her name will be on them. I always give credit where credit is due yeah all of all of them have who the artist is on them. And also Sybil has a comic um a coloring book you can download um on the Wild Hair Project. Yeah, that's really cool. But you could take I, her one of her John images, one of her John colouring images and make him blue. Mm. He's turning blue. The 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 coloring book took a year. What is awesome, and I am honored to host it on the Wild Hair project. Oh yeah, didn't she do one with the? Maybe I'm thinking of the wrong thing. Has a really big place in fandom. Um, and it's really, it's, it's, I cannot believe your name is not on this. I will fix that, Sybil, because it's not. It's not on there and it should be. You signed it, but the caption is not showing up. I wonder why. But I shall fix it. Yeah. He almost yeah. blurred. Yeah, she captured that. um and there was the um, – she has one another one called The Guide. I wonder why that caption isn't showing up. That's irritating. That plug-in, me and that plug-in don't always get along. Yeah, the art plug-ins are awful. I mean, I've been through so many of them, and I just got tired of rebuilding um the portfolios was just so, so freaking annoying. I, I haven't uploaded art to my site in quite a while because I just got tired of wrestling with the plugins for the, for the albums. Um, So someone asked me in I am just now, um, not in the chat room, but in an instant message, maybe they're not in the chat room, um, if I plan to do a reverse bang too. No. Um, mm. I don't. Um, somebody else may decide to pick up and do a reverse bang, multifandom reverse bang. I think, I think there may be some people who are looking at doing a shorter bang and a reverse bang, but I don't want to speak for them. Um, reverse bang is where the art comes first. Um, The artists sign up. The artists produce images. Um, The images are typically put up anonymously. So like the moderator puts up a post of all the images, and then the authors pick the image that they find inspiring that they want to write for. Um, It can be a little bit cutthroat. Art claims can be actually a little bit cutthroat. They can be a lot cutthroat. Um, The last few reverse bangs I've done, um, people – people like you, there'll be like four or five responses in the first two seconds that the, that it opens from the time it opens. Um, and usually people are picking like their first three choices and it's like first come first serve. Some reverse bang, they do a thing where if there are more authors than artists, after everything is claimed once, then they go and they do a second round of claims for the people who don't have art yet. Um, That can, be, that can be a very weird experience, that whole second round of claiming thing. Um, and here's why. <laughs> here's why it's weird. is I've seen claiming for art stall out for days, waiting for people to claim. So like, let's say you've got 30 pieces of art, 50 authors, and you get 29 pieces of art claimed. And then nothing happens for days. And you just keep getting moderator posts saying, we're not doing a second round of claiming until every piece of art is claimed. And you have to be the author who's sitting there with the piece of art that is holding up the claiming going forward. It is just... This is why I have mixed feelings about it, about the second round of claiming. I don't know what to do when you have more authors that is better than that. Um, it, it's one of the reasons why I was really uncomfortable in the reverse bang is because um, I've several times been in reverse bangs where there was more art, where there's more, more authors than artists. And we stalled out. And usually it's because, and it's not even because of the quality of the art or anything like that. It's, uh, it, I don't think in any case it was ever because of the quality of art. It's usually because the content of the art and or the um, restrictions on the art. Because usually most reverse bangs allow the artist to put restrictions on what can be written for their art. Um, which I under, kind of understand because you don't want, but sometimes the restrictions get to be more like a prompt in and of themselves. Like the art has mm, to have I'm this pairing. A yeah. Like it has to have this pairing and it will not allow crossovers. And I mean, uh, there was one time on reverse bang, the piece of art I found the most inspiring um i couldn't I would not claim I would never claim it because the restrictions were that it had to have a specific pairing that I didn't like and that you couldn't do any kind of crossovers and there was something else in it there was some other restriction in it, and I was like, no um nope <laughs> it it so the art had like two layers of of requirements and it it gets to be reverse bangs it's just you know um but the one time that we had this art that hung up a reverse bang. For days is that, um, but like reverse banks typically have a very, very lower, much lower word count. And um, this one, I think the one on this one was 10K, but the moderator changed it for this last piece of art to 5K. Uh, It was because it was a pairing that was so out there as far as I was concerned. And I won't say it because it would be a little bit, you know, like it would be obvious what I was talking about. Um, But I felt really bad for that artist because they had – probably just been inspired to put you know an unusual pairing up in a piece of art and then everybody reacted negatively to it in a n- not obvious way I mean, but clearly nobody was claiming it there's 20 authors well there are 21 authors let's say 21 authors that didn't have art yet and we need to go to a second round of claiming and this one piece of art just held it until finally the you know somebody worked out some deal offline like i said told the I guess told the mod, I can't write 10K on this, but I can write 5K or whatever. And that art got claimed, and immediately we went to the second round of claiming. So um, the other thing about second round claiming is that you get um, multiple stories on the same piece of art, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Um, Penumbria and I did the same the stories for the same piece of art. I think it was Penumbria. We did stories for the same piece of art in, a, in an SGA reverse bang one year. Um, and, um, they never a bad thing to get two interpretations of the same piece of art. Um, yeah, the restrictions from the artist it's a little bit of a it's a little bit of a mixed bag because I could see that my initial reaction is that I don't want to I don't want restrictions on what can be written about a piece of art, because it's supposed to be you look at the art and you're inspired by it, and you do something with it. Um, and if you've got a big list of restrictions, it really limits your inspiration. On the other hand, I could see an artist coming back and going, "I don't want people writing things that I'm going to find offensive." So it's a little bit of a that's one of the reasons why I don't really it's don't really want to run a reverse bang. Is it's a little bit more emotionally charged in a weird way. I don't even know if I can explain that well. Yeah, I think that I think that was that was a great way to put it because. Well, the thing is, is that both, I I don't consider myself an artist in that respect. Um, But creating um, is a very intimate process anyway. And um, I think with the reverse bang, sometimes you create situations where um, both parties come in with judgment. And if you're letting artists determine what their author can write, then it's starting out from a place of judgment. Which can hurt feelings. They're putting values on something and making a judgment about it and telling you that it's not allowed. That's one thing to say, okay, you can't do Chan or you can't do pedophilia. It's another thing to say, I hate pairing. It sucks so you can't write it if you want my art. But that's that writer's OTP. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's like it's it's a very yeah. it can be very hurtful. It can be you know. Yeah. It's very it's very it's also very awkward because nobody wants to have. Um, I did an NCIS. I did art for um, an NCIS reverse bang a couple of times, but the first time I did it, um, I submitted three pieces of art because in the NCIS reverse bank, typically the artists are much less. Than the authors, so um, the NCIS Reverse Bang allowed artists to submit only up to three pieces of art, whereas the SGA Reverse Bang is one piece of art. You can't do more, you can't do more than one submission. Um, so I did three because we we had a lot more authors. So I looked at how many author signups there were to determine how many I was going to submit. So I submitted um, three for that challenge, and one of mine was the unclaimed one, and we had authors still to claim, and nobody was claiming it. Um, and actually the funny thing was I think it was the best of the three that I submitted and it was the one, but I mean, I didn't feel like people hated it because it was like five or six people's second choice. So I didn't feel like I was like, it was a disliked piece of art. So it wasn't that, but it was awkward. Um, for me that the challenge was <laughs> held up on this piece of art. Right. Um, right. And so, fi- and so finally, I, you know, I wrote the moderator, told her, I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't upset but that I would rather pull it and resubmit it another year, uh, or use it for a story of my own, than have it just sit there and the challenge is not progressing, because that was weird. It put me in an awkward position, as you know. Um, and I didn't, I didn't. It wasn't yeah. a fun experience. I, like I said I didn't care that people didn't want to write for that piece of story. That piece of art. I, that that part actually didn't bother me because inspiration is a funny thing, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And so that, that part didn't bother body, what bothered me was the feeling of, okay, the challenge is held up. We're not progressing because the next step in that challenge is revealing who the art or, or, artist-author matchups. And so I wrote the moderator and told her she could just pull it, you know, just pull it out and let's move on. Um, it actually did wind Did claim. Somebody... Uh, she was willing to, she said, if that's what you want to do, I'll do it. But I wanted to let you know that there's somebody in the background who wasn't planning to participate that said she found it really inspiring. And she was wanting to know if she could sign up even though she hadn't signed up. So she could play this piece of art. So I was like, well, if she really wants to do it, but she shouldn't be signing up and putting herself in a place where she didn't plan to write Just so that this art isn't hanging around out there. So um, it did wind up getting claimed, and it it was a very nice little story that went with it. Uh, So, but it was just it's that we I don't want to I don't like being in didn't like being in that position as an artist. So I think because I ride I ride both sides of the fence, do art and write. um, I try Mm -hmm. to be sensitive to both both sides issues and what that might feel like for them, and that's one of the reasons why I don't particularly want to write. You know, want to want to run a reverse bang is I feel like they're just much more emotionally charged than, than the bang. I mean, a bang can be very emotionally charged too because you are the one story that's not claimed. That can be really difficult for an art, for an author is that nobody claimed your art, your story to do art for, but there's in a, in a multi-fandom bang, that can be because people there aren't artists who know your fandom, which is one of the reasons why we're trying to find a way to address that is everybody's going to get art, um, it's just, you know, try to minimize hurt feelings. We don't want, it, it's it's weird when there's the not claiming thing. Um, well, okay, let me ask you a question. When you put the summaries out and the tiles in the summaries, is, is, is it going to have author and names attached? No. Or just, okay, okay. It's anonymous. I've never seen one where the authors were revealed, where where it wasn't a bloodbath. The only times I've ever seen yeah. them go in ways where there weren't weren't hurt feelings is when the authors weren't anonymous about who wrote it. Now, one of the things I might try to do, if the authors are receptive to it, and I, this is just something I've been thinking about, is sometimes really good stories don't get claimed for art because the summaries suck. Um, so <laughs> Some of us can't write it, summaries, and I, I include myself it, in that. Um, it may be a question of, I might ask in your sign-up form, if your summary sucks, are you open to coaching? <laughs> because it can affect you getting claimed. Because if you write a really weird summary or something that is just like a single line of dialogue from the story that the artist doesn't particularly find interesting, um, it can affect claiming. Dialogue so, summaries are the worst. And I say that as somebody who's done it. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've Most of the time, I don't read stories that have dialogue summaries. Um, I, there's been a rare occasion where there is some piece of dialogue that is so riveting. I'm like, I've got to know where that came from. And I go open that story and I read. Um, but it's rare that a piece of dialogue is so riveting that I'm all all over that. Um, my dialogue summary is the one where... Um, Rodney demands to no know if John was calling his performance in their intergalactic duo subpar. <laughs> well, that's funny as fuck. <laughs> and it was just the other thing I can think of, because it just kind of summed up. The, I said, fuck it, I'm going to do it. Even though I recommend that you don't, I did it. <laughs> and that's how Rodney got a lap full of um, Air Force colonel that's the thing when it's funny like that and really engaging, but for the most part, dialogue summaries don't work for me. Uh, They don't work for a lot of people because they're not really a summary and they rarely encapsulate a single line of dialogue, rarely encapsulates an entire story. So, you know, there can be, but I mean, the claiming process can lead to hurt feelings, no matter which side it is, but I see it way more on the reverse bang side than the big bang side. Um, the other thing that can be hurt feelings on the reverse bang side. I've talked to some art, I'm um, sorry, artists who get a story back that is completely disconnected from their art, and they're like mystified and they don't want to say anything, but they're like, you know, expressing to me, do they do these things seem connected to you? And I'll be like, well, no. Oh. Um, I've done the, it's the thing. Here's the thing. I've done way too much hurt feeling counseling around. Reverse bangs ever want to run One of my own even though I could Probably (laughs) mitigate the hurt Feelings side of it for me It'd be like doing therapy I just don't wanna (laughs) I just don't wanna I think a good way to minimize The hurt when it comes To picking out summaries would be to put the Summaries um, In a Post and moderate All the comments and not approve them. Just keep them unapproved and then make the selection. And that way no one knows if 10 people asked for their summary or only one person asked for their summary. That's a good idea. Yeah, that's a really good idea. So there's... We'll try to do some things that will, some things will be, it'll be my first time running a bang. I have, um, I've pinch hit a couple of times. Uh, That's my first experience actually, way back when in X Files was pinch hitting, filling in for somebody who um, didn't do something on a reverse bang. Um, And reverse bangs need pinch hitters and bangs do not. That's one of the big differences is, is that if, That's one of the reasons why I my preference about Big Bang, some people do the matchup on the artist and the author early on. I would not do that personally because there's no need for pinch hitters if the only people who get art claims are people who've completed their stories. So you're not wasting anybody's time. Um, I've also mentioned pinch hitting is when somebody steps in at the last minute and produces a story. And usually they get a lower word count than the challenge requires because they're stepping in to do – so, like, if somebody does – the SGA reverse bang typically is a very big bang reverse bang. There's usually lots of art. Um, They usually have a ton of artists – I mean, a ton of authors. It usually goes to a second round of claiming. But if a story only has one author and that author drops out – they get a pinch hitter to come in and write the story. Um, in a bang where um, the art is not claimed until there's not a claim for the story, until the story's done, there's no need for pinch hitters. And pinch hitters is something that you're doing. It's extra moderation burden, extra admin burden, and it's, it's not necessary if this person has to co- submit a completed story. Now some bangs allow people to still post and be participate in the bang, just not get art if they're running late. Um, I'm on the fence about that particular rule at this time. I need to think about it because uh, there's good and bad about that. The spirit of the bang is the art, art author collaboration. Um, if if somebody's just coming in at the last minute, they're kind of not in the spirit of it. Um, but on the other hand, if somebody's just really running behind and they actually finish, they're signed up and they finish before the posting date, I don't know that I would want to restrict them from being able to post, so it's, it's a little bit of a mixed bag. may Um, uh, Yeah, there could be a willing art. It could be a case of artists who are willing to come in and do last-minute art. That might be... A possibility. Um, so that's something I could. Because I would. I want to try to be as flexible as possible, without. Um, I don't know. Without putting a undue burden on me, and B, um, or the any of the other admins, and B putting um, people in a situation of where they're putting effort out for nothing. Um, that's one of the reasons why I wouldn't do an early pairing on artist and author is because I would not want an artist to produce art for a story that doesn't get finished. So, because that's just crazy cakes. There's usually all kinds of rules and bangs about, you know, you, when you, you lose, you're like in a reverse bang, if you don't finish your story, you lose any claim on the art. That makes a lot of sense because it's for a specified challenge period. Um, some stories, some, I've, I've seen some big bangs that had a rule that if the only art you were ever allowed to display with your story is the art produced in the challenge, I would <laughs> never be that, be that draconian. Um, because that's like saying that if your story, if you write 150K behemoth and you get a banner as a, as part of the challenge which could be the most beautiful banner ever that's not the point and you have 50 fans of that story who submit you art saying that you can't display it or you never get to participate in the bang again is that is so draconian that I don't even know what to do with myself but I have seen bangs with that rule um that's a you are only for me allowed right to happen oh yeah that's a no for me it's, and how do you, no. how do you police that they have a telltale squad that runs around and tells on you. Yeah, exactly. I'm making shit up. I don't know for sure. <laughs> I'm just making. It's probably exactly what happens. <laughs> <sighs> that's some arrogant shit, actually. And that can, that's coming from me. I know arrogance. <laughs> I know from arrogance. You can trust me on this. <laughs> I mean, I would certainly prefer it if, because of the collaboration aspect of the bang, that you separated out and gave um, credit to the person who was your collaborative partner for the bang in helping do the challenge. But if fifty other people gave you art, well, good for you. You must have a really great story. Display that shit. So, uh, so, I see. I, like I said. I I don't want draconian rules. I don't want. I have to have to have a bunch of rules. Um, I don't want to have to have you know to be trying to police people's content. Um, I just want to create an environment where people because I really like bangs. I really like them. I like the. I like the. It's kind of a juxtaposition to rough trade, which is an inception, the creativity challenge. And bangs are about creating an environment. It's a long haul, and it's about getting to a finished product. And it's about um, – and big bangs are about doing a big work, doing novel length work, and collaborating with an artist at the end and kind of going through the whole process. So um, it's, a different, it's a different mentality, uh, but we're going we're gonna to try it. We're going to see how it goes. If it doesn't go well, no harm, no foul. <laughs> It'll go well because you're awesome. true. I am awesome. <laughs> yeah.
1: And I know nice arrogant moderator.
0: too. Yeah, I do. <laughs> and I and I signed really, out to be um, her asshole moderator, just to let you know. Yes, she did. She signed up to be all kinds of and who's gonna are you gonna be the butthurt handler too? I don't going to do that. <laughs> she's really good she's a really good butthurt handler yeah. <laughs> um but i want to create an environment where people really want to participate um and that they um firm and honest <laughs> um So like I said, I mean, it, it'll be and there will be, you know, support on the site um, uh, where you can get help, idea bounce, um, get somebody to just prop you up for a little bit, help you get through. I mean, we're going to, I want to make it so it's a good, um, a good environment for everybody who wants to participate and wants to try it out. So and there'll be no crazy rules. <laughs> If you think no pedo is a crazy rule, well... (laughs) You need to get off my fucking podcast right now. Go stop. I don't want you listening to me. You're fouling my air. (laughs) Are you there? Oh, okay. 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 They hold us probably be a very rude butthurt handler over the over that rule um yeah i actually did have someone email me to complain about the no chan pedophilia rule on on wild hair um they weren't a member um just to be you have to go look the member list to see who who it was they're, they're not a member of the site um but if you go to wild hair and you click on you know, the option to fill out an application to join us. One of the things that says at the bottom is that we don't allow um, real person fiction and we don't allow Chan or pedophilia writers on wild hair. Not only can you not post it, but if you ever posted it online, I don't want you anywhere near me. And we will look. And I do look. Yeah, we look. Um, and it's um, – and they, and they were and they and they told me that I had no right at being so restrictive. <laughs> I love that term. <laughs> <laughs> I told him to kiss um, my ass if you're concerned about what I said in response and then told them if they emailed me again, that I would report them for um, harassment to Google. Um, And I told them I had their IP address, which I demonstrated. Um, And then I followed their IP address all the way back to their work location since they were emailing me from work. Oh, wow. So I said, if you want to email me again, talk about this, I'd be more than happy to call your boss and ask him why one of his employees is advocating um, child pedophilia online at work. There was never any more emails. No, I'm not- Saying you should go around doing shit like that, but if you're gonna do shit like that, you need to use a a anonymizer or you know one of those um, uh, IP hider things. <laughs> don't yeah. And if you're don't dumb enough not day. to do that, if if you're dumb enough to do that shit, sooner or later anyway. So. just insane just insane but yeah people have complained about it um one complained about the rpf and um didn't appreciate my podcast either because they complained about the rpf so i sent them a link to my podcast and they responded and told me that um i was a judgmental twat i'd be like yeah so <laughs> i was What's like okay. Point? i mean because what I'd tell you to kiss my ass, but you might fall in love. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> the anonymizer. <laughs> the anonymizer. I'm just saying that you need to, if you're going to do stupid shit on the internet, you need to you know, protect your identity. I'm not super awesome at that shit. And if I can figure out where you were based on your IP address, you got problems. And also, I wanted to point out to them, but I didn't, that most companies keep a log of email that leaves their servers. Mm-hmm. And it is accessed on their... Um, Websites and on their Wi-Fi, and even if you're logging into Google or Yahoo, you can't control that if you're if you're using their internet. Just saying, they can be all up in your business legally because you're using their internet. Yeah, they can they can preserve your chat logs even on a um, no matter what, you, unless unless you're using a. VPN client, um, it's stuff you do on your phone over their network. So tip, pro tip here, folks: if you're at work and your work allows you to connect your phone to their guest network, which my company did, and you're doing questionable things on your phone, turn off Wi-Fi before you do questionable things because you're more your protected from a private. You're more protected from a privacy perspective on your phone. Than you are on your company's Wi Fi because it doesn't matter that it's your phone, you're connecting to their Wi Fi and they can preserve every single thing you do. And they will. Mm hmm. You watch a questionable video, go to a questionable site on their guest network. And as an employee, depending upon um, the last thing I worked at, if you you had a list of phones that they supported security protocols for, you didn't have to even connect to the guest Wi-Fi. You could connect to the employee Wi-Fi network. So it's just, you know, be careful. Just if you're going to do crazy things on your phone, turn off your Wi-Fi first. Don't be a dumbass. Yeah. And also to writers. If you you need to be careful when you sign employment contracts, um, especially if you're signing employee contracts with um, large companies that have intellectual property rights rules in them, because I had a friend whose company tried to claim her novel as their intellectual property. They failed. Wow! But they tried. The only and the That's only ballsy. reason they failed is that she never wrote at work. They could not prove she wrote any of it on a work computer and on company time. Now, some companies' employment contracts, if it's in their domain, it doesn't matter when you did it, where you did it, what equipment you used. You could have been on vacation using your brother's computer. If it's in their domain and you work for them, it's theirs. So read that closely. I um created a um a workflow system for a job I previously had and um when I did it the the per the person the company that I worked for um came around with an intellectual property contract for me to sign. And I read it and they expected me just to sign it without reading it. I mean, they just – they you could tell – I could tell that they expected that. My my boss was sitting there. His boss was sitting there. This dude from legal was sitting there. And I'm reading through the – and I every once in a while I'd pick up my pen and I would strike through something. And you, know, you would hear a <laughs> from one of them. I don't even know which one because I wasn't looking up. And then I finished it and I passed it back to the guy in legal. And I said, you can go take all the stuff out that I marked out. Um – And then come back to me with a new contract that I will read and we can discuss further. And he said, but I said, no, but. I'm not signing a boilerplate contract that gives you, that gives gives this organization intellectual property rights over everything I create. I'm a writer. It's not happening. You're not taking my intellectual property rights. So you go down there and you write a contract that covers this particular thing that I created on this particular date for this particular process for this job. And if you don't, I'm not going to sign it. But we can't use it if you don't. That's the problem that you have currently, isn't it? Now, if I now if I need my own lawyer, you'll be paying for it. By the way, um, we can do that too. They were all really unhappy with me that I didn't sign that boilerplate contract. That's just bullshit, though. I did ask the question at the last company I worked at for, which was High Tech. The last big big company it was High Tech. And there was that clause, that intellectual property clause, in there. Basically, anything I create that's intellect, that could be considered intellectual property um, would be theirs. And I was like, I actually specifically asked the question about that, and um, and they were like, No, 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 we're, we're only assume in things that are in our domain. And I was like, Well, this is a little vague, though. Like this domain. contract doesn't say that, does it? And actually, because the the HR person was so confident that um, what she was saying was true, that we hand wrote in that it does not include things that are outside of the company's domain. Um, specifically, things like you know we put a cut list of things. in. She wrote it in, and we both initialled it, which was a big no no. That she would handwrite something in on an employment contract, but it was you know I was like this is a little bit of a problem for me. This clause is a little bit too broad. <laughs> yeah, it is a problem, and it can be a problem. So you need to be very careful when you sign contracts like that. When you sign non-disclosure agreements, when you sign intellectual property agreements, when you sign employment contracts, don't trust them. Read it. Oh. And if something in doesn't make sense to you, make them explain it to you. And if their expectation doesn't make sense to you, take it to a lawyer. And if they don't want you taking it to a lawyer, then you don't need to work for them. They can't be trusted. I have to admit, I have done writing at work, um, but I did. This is why I know the cell phone thing is. I would send myself emails from my cell phone, not connected to Wi-Fi. Da, 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 da. A little thumb action, but it's mostly. I mean, that's very. That's a very inconvenient way to write. It wasn't exactly high volume. I used to work an audit. I wrote all the time during my audit, but I wrote on um, my own um, device. Mhm. I had one of those Danas. I love my Dana. I I kind of miss it. I kind of want to get it out. you can find a battery for it. Those of you who don't know what Dana is, basically, it was just like a little um keyboard that you could save your writing to, and then you could port it into your computer afterwards um, and it it's had no still, other function i've got a I've got a link for it, believe it or not. oh, they still have an Dana that's yeah. the one I have on Amazon. I just put a link to that in the chat room. Yeah, that's the one I had. I used to be so good with the Palm number letter system, Um, so good with it with the stylus and that funky that funky alphabet they had that it Mm -hmm. started like it it infected my writing for a while because I was using the Palm all the time, and I would like draw my letters wrong, like my writing was weird for a while. You know, I'm, I've seen people's examples of how they've done writing uh, in the past around work and stuff or on lunch breaks. And, you know, it's the, the it's, it's really it kind of makes me happy because clearly we will do anything we can to write when we want to. Whatever it takes. I have a little foldable keyboard that I can use on my cell phone or my um, Kindle now. But um, I love my Dana. I actually want to get it out and see if I like, I like. I said and find a battery for it. See <laughs> <laughs> if it'll still work. I haven't used it in fifteen years. <laughs> Wherever it is. But I was like, one thing about the Dana is that it was actually kind of a rare device to see out in public. So you would not believe the people who would stop and ask me, "Oh, what is that?" And I had to explain it. So eventually I just started keeping a printout of what the Dana was so I could pass it out to people. <laughs> don't ask me that. I don't want to talk about it. Oh, you know what actually? It's it's called the Dana in here and I pull out a sheet of paper and hand it to them. And they'd be like, Oh well thank you, that's very cool and then they walk away and it was great. <laughs> get that little Dana for $45. I wonder not if they have them on um, eBay. But I, I love it it my good Dana. It's very light. Um, it's less... It'd be less fiddly because, I mean, I've got a keyboard for my tablet, which I can also use for my phone. Um, but you, you have to have a stand and you have to have the tablet and you have the keyboard. Um, and the keyboard, both the tablet and the keyboard, to be in the case, It's just it seems like ha- the all-in-one thing would be less fiddly. Of course, you've got to get stuff off of it. other writing distraction devices not going to have the free write distraction tool but it's five hundred dollars who has the money for that (laughs) if I had five hundred bucks I'd be buying another laptop I would not be buying a distraction right and I did move to a laptop and I prefer my laptop um but if you want a lightweight writing device that you can't do anything on but write I'd get a netbook yeah those I had I had one of those little tiny um, actually I had it for a long time. I finally gave it to somebody who needed a computer um, that didn't have any computer at all, but I had a Chromebook that I spent like 200 dollars on. Um, and I used Word online for it. There, you could there's several things you can use to write on, uh, but it was super tiny. Um, The keyboard was, I think it was the keyboard on that was like 85% of full size, which actually worked fine for me. Um, Yeah. And I would just, I could put that into anything, almost any purse I had and just go set the coffee shop and write. It was great. Uh, But like I said, but it was also an easy thing to part with um, because it's completely internet driven. Um, But you can, if you can't get connected to Wi-Fi, you can write to a flash drive. Um but yeah I that's not had to just had no no device at all and um I gave them my netbook. So I don't I don't have a netbook now. But it was great. The little Chromebook was awesome and they're really cheap. And you can get them really tiny. Yeah, the Acer is currently hundred and forty one dollars for fifteen point six. Yeah, that's nice. Now, what I will say about the about the Dana is that um, the the battery time is great, um, but sometimes the translate the um, the uh, connection, like the bridge between the Dana and the computer, isn't great because the software is really really old now, uh, and you can't get any updates for it. So a lot of times when it ports into Word, you you'll get great, 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 and then like three paragraphs of gibberish. <laughs> so, so you have to be careful with that. Yeah, I did want to mention about oh, you can get it for twenty five bucks on on uh, on eBay. Yeah, yeah. But I did, I did want to mention about um, we had a big dis- we had kind of a big little um, big little there was. You know, one of one of the minions had a, a an issue with the bang thing, and we talked about that. Um, so there was quite a bit of discussion on in minion headquarters about bangs and and that kind of thing. There could be. I don't want to speak for other people, so I don't want to give names or anything. But there could be other another um, multi fandom bang um, with different lengths or reverse bang coming. Uh, so that's a possibility. So. Uh, if there are other bangs that are multi fandom, um, or even if there are you know really good single fandom bangs that I know, I'll we'll put there are some resource lists out there for other bangs. Um, if you if you do write SGA, SGA does a reverse bang that is, it continues to be ongoing. There's they're in process on one right now. Um, I think author signups are still open on the reverse bang. Um, they're doing art, going to be doing art claims soon. Um, it, it's still one of the probably one of the bigger reverse bangs running around out there. It's even after all this time. Um, the moderator is very engaged and very helpful. Um, so if anybody's interested in SGA reverse bang, Who um, hey, um uh, who runs that? Is that Estefy? N- n- the person Angela something or the other. Okay, no, that's not Estefy. I don't think so anyway. Well, it's on LJ. Um I'll just put a link to it in the chat if anybody's curious about it. Um I'm looking to see where they're at in the process right now. Okay, so the artwork is due on July fourth. I know art art claim our art sign ups are closed. Um And author signups close on June 30th. So you still have a couple weeks left if anybody's interested in doing the SGA reverse bang. Um, I did this this bang once. This is the one that where Penumbria and I had the same art. So I'll put a link to this in the chat. But when I get the site up, I will try to collect bangs. There, there's some there's on DreamWit, There are some um, communities devoted to keeping track of active bangs. Um, but I will try to you know round up bangs that either minions run or minions participate in. Um, you know, and just land, FYI land those people. Yeah, just just FYI for people. I know that the uh, word length is probably going to be. Um, um, an issue for some people the 50k is going to be an issue it's one of the reasons why a lot of people went to a lot of people started allowing shorter length stories they went to 20k you know it's because of 50k they weren't getting a lot of people getting to the finish line Um, I do want to try the 50k uh, see how that goes Um, so because you have a year so, and I know there's a lot of other things going on, but you know, people do 50k in a month, so they should be able to do 50k in a year. But we're gonna try the old-fashioned way and see how it goes. And um, like I said, if you sign up and you make a best effort, you make a best effort, and you don't get to that finish line, you know, just write me and we'll talk about it. I think it's gonna be fine. Yeah. I think one of the reasons why I wanted to do multi fandom is because you do get some of the weirder rules coming in in the single fandom. When the, things get really narrowly focused in a single fandom, things get a little bit odd because they're trying to, I think sometimes they're trying to do too much to preserve the essence of that fandom as they perceive it. Um hmm. well, I have like that limiting crossovers. That shit. Yeah, like limiting crossovers. There was one bang that had like a lot of um, There's a lot of stories and a lot of different universes in the same. Well, just as an example, I don't think there isn't an SGA bang as far as I know anymore, but let's say you had an SGA bang and you weren't allowed to do crossovers with the other SG universes or not allowed to do crossovers at all, but especially not allowed to do crossovers with the SG universes. That would seem very limiting to me. Um, I, I, but, but they cross over in canon. <laughs> I know, I know. So,
1: um,
0: come on now. <laughs> you do get someone, you do still get sometimes with these single fandom bangs, it, which can be great for participation if you're in a popular fandom, um, that are, um, um, I don't know. It's just it's, they, they try. I, I, my, my guess. I'm trying to give them the best, the benefit of the doubt about why they're doing it. Is that they're doing it to preserve what they perceive to be the essence of the fandom, and they don't want people to stray too far from it. But I just, I feel like that these opportunities, these challenges, are opportunities to get people to write, and I don't want to put a lot of rules on it. Um, there is one other thing I'm thinking about doing. This would be a very tiny thing, very small challenge. It, and I. I, this I have not worked out many of the details on yet because it's a little bit difficult, um, a lot more. There's weirdly more logistics involved, which would be a Secret Santa um, and how that, would, how that would run and how that would happen. Um, it would be a very short, minimal, a very tiny minimal word count, like 3 to 5K to participate, um, I have really enjoyed the Secret Santa challenges I've been involved in, but I would like to be able to branch out to other fandoms. But what I'm thinking about doing is the way it would work is you would have to would be like eight to ten fandoms, and you would have to sign up to be willing to write in at least three of them and be willing to receive in at least three of them. And that way we could hopefully, you can't, it couldn't be any fandom because there would be no matching that could happen. Um, but um, it's just such a little fun thing to um, whatever day it is uh, that you get up and there's a story that was written for you, um, even if it's not, you know, it's never, never exactly perfect and that's not even the point. It's just that you said this is what I would like and these are the things I like. And, and an author tried to make that happen for you. So that is just, it's just a funny, it's just a fun, cool thing to experience. And um, like the only ones I've done have had very, very minimal entry on the word count. Um, but I'm still kind of trying to work out exactly how the logistics of that would work. Because I don't want to um, confine people to have to post on AO3, but I might need to use AO3 to do the matching. That you don't necessarily have to fulfill on a o three, so I just got to work out the logistics of it to see if it's even possible, but a lot of people on the Facebook group expressed interest in Secret Santa um, mm-hmm. as like a mini little holiday challenge uh, but we'll see how that turns out, and if enough people are actually interested in signing up to do it because you have to write and you have to you have to do both you can't just sign up as a to get to receive sorry you have to write one too who shall see? Yeah, Vulcan, the planet of the two faces, which is actually one of my favorite uh, sentences ever in Tangled Destinies. When Jim calls Vulcan the planet of the two faces, It, it really amused me. Oh my goodness! I, I I have some pickles on my plate because I love pickles. Oh, my whole face just kind of seized up. That's some powerful stuff. <laughs> extra sour pickles. Extra sour. I love an extra sour pickle, but. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. Well, I think what's really important to to remember is that IDIC um, was more a a promotional gimmick than it actually was a principle. Um, It was um, basically created to sell merchandise. I think that a lot of times um, the writers... The writers already had an idea of, of what Vulcans were, what a Vulcan was like. Um and it was really hard sticking that merchandising um principle into what what they'd already created. Larry Nimoy was actually offended by the IDIC. He um he said that it was just a, a marketing ploy and um he didn't want to wear the little th- um, the, the thing on his uniform. He didn't want to wear it. Um, he said it was commercial and stupid. Did they do anything with it? That especially well, especially in the books, I think it was com- no. They, no, that, that was all it was. I mean, when it came up in the books, it was more like a joke. And I don't think it was mentioned in the movies at all. that's just (sighs) I hate I I hate pointlessness no I just I hate (laughs) pointlessness I'm not really fond of inconsistency and that's what it creates for me is inconsistency I mean because even in the animated series it was obvious that the last thing the Vulcans were was tolerant they Are horrifically intolerant of other species. Canon actually that Vulcans often referred to Amanda Grayson as a whore. That isn't something I made up to put in Tangled Destinies and Sarek's relationship with Amanda and on Vulcan and how I structured those scenes. Um, that's canon. Amanda didn't have any decision ability making. They had a very rigid culture. She had a specific role. Sarah cut Spock off and she didn't get to speak to her own child for decades because Spock went to Earth to go to the Starfleet Academy. Yeah, is pretty ugly in that respect. Those scenes on Vulcan are the reason why that one fan said I was a misogynist. Because because you actually had canon? Wow. People usually diss on you for yeah. ignoring canon. Now <laughs> They diss on you for using right? canon. Right? She said I was a misogynist. And the thing was, is it wasn't even on a thread about Star Trek. It was on a thread about Stargate. And someone had recommended that uh, somebody read Sentinels of Atlantis. And this hussy comes along and says, oh, you should be careful because she's a misogynist. Be careful reading all of her work. And then they went on to quote something about how Sarek didn't ask Amanda about going to Earth. And then there's a scene where Amanda's trying to prod Spock into talking about the decision to move to Earth. And she makes it seem like her husband didn't consult her or talk to her about it at all. But if you paid attention to that series, you know pretty much that Sarek does exactly what Amanda wants, exactly when Amanda wants it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that he's never denied her anything. And that was just her way of trying to get her reluctant teenager to talk about his feelings. But I'm a misogynist. Apparently. Right, naked time. Yeah, I mean, so but seriously, yeah, that was that was the whole story behind that apparently. And this person was warning the reader, the other person, about reading Sentinels of Atlantis because, I'm, 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 I'm because of my misogyny in Tangled Destinies, which was ultimately really insulting because I wrote Tangled Destinies just to save Amanda's life. The whole purpose behind Tangled Destinies in the beginning was, I'm gonna write a story where Amanda doesn't die on Vulcan. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? I know that's my love letter to Amanda Grayson because of that. Yes, because my whole point was to save her so she wouldn't be on the planet when it gets attacked. Of course, you know he he ain't gonna get to blow up Vulcan at all, but Amanda ain't gonna be there just in case. <laughs> Because I don't happen well, to be, people, That didn't happen. Bulk lives. <laughs> people do jump in fandom. They jump a little too quickly to misogyny, the misogyny accusation. Um, I've been accused of that for not having enough women in my stories about being a misogynist because there's not enough women in my stories. That's a little bit more case for me early on with fandom brainwashing, okay? But um, and there's a little bit more to it than that. We've talked a lot about our female OCs and issues with them in fandom. Um because canon female characters are often have so little depth that um, you basically, to use them in a constructive way, have to reinvent them. Um, but that's, that's a whole other podcast. We've talked about that. But people jump right to misogyny. is the reason why. Well, there's, there's some misogyny in there, but it's not my misogyny. Um, it's just funny how people go right there. Really? That's, that's, the, that's the thing you're going to jump on because you don't like the way a woman in a story is treated, is that it? it's misogynistic? And that's actually your point of view and not your character's point of view. I I can't even tell you how many people have questioned me about the sex that I wrote. Um, And I had a cousin say, hey, I read your book. It was kind of sexy. You and your husband must be freaky. And he was thinking it was really funny. I said, did you read my new one about all the dead bodies? He was like, well, I bought it, but I haven't read it yet. I said, yeah, digging all those holes in my backyard was a lot of fucking work, I have to tell you. And everybody in the room just kind of turned and looked at me. And my husband is about to die laughing. And I said, like, what? You think I have all the freaky sex, right? That I write? So uh, certainly you think I killed all those people. Write what you know, right? Experience. <laughs> I had to have experience. <laughs> I, have to, I, I have said, to, don't <laughs> worry. I only killed a bunch of old rednecks. I said, you didn't make the cut. Because you weigh too much. And I was afraid I wouldn't be able to bear you by myself. He called me an asshole. That's okay though, because I was being an asshole. But seriously, they think you write the freaky sex, but they they don't think you're out there out there in your backyard burying bodies. Like that lady who fussed on me about Sebastian saying that Nebraska um, was full of illiterate people living in hovels. He's from California. He's a ten year old. He has negative shit to say about most places in America that are not California. <clears throat> right. It's not my personal opinion. It was the opinion of my character who's a little boy and who's a smart ass. You know, when I when I was younger living in California because, you know, that's kind of well, I grew up in the south, but I was a teenager when I moved to California. And one of my friends who was from Iowa Tells me he's like one day he says you know what idiot you know, what Iowa, Iowa stands for right and then I'm like no, nope. you know, it stands for idiots out walking around. <laughs> Just I was like, whoa, dude. <laughs> but you know the thing is if you if 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 you said that yes it's offensive it's offensive as hell, but that's what teenagers talk about. They say offensive things, and to not ever have a per character in your story, that is. Um, says things that are off of what you personally as a narrator would say. Well that actually would be that I would feel very exposed if every opinion of every character in the story had to be my opinion. You it's can never hear the assumptions that people make. Yeah. Well unless you're practicing your own homicide. And you know a uh, little rampage. And I'm not that was I was I was not I I've, I've not killed anybody and buried them in my yard, I promise. <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. Um, tangent. To your confession, one of the minions started this thread on Facebook where it, it's a GIF thread where you respond with a GIF that has something in some way related to the GIF prior. They call it GIF Uno. Um, and just the most recent, I just clipped over the most recent response, just for some reason cracked me up. It's very distracting. Oh. If you want to waste, a, if you want to waste a lot of time, um, GIF Uno is the way to just waste the fuck out of a lot of time. I have to put a hat laughy face on that one because that's a hysterical one. And in the other GIF Uno thread, we're fetishizing <laughs> footwear right now. <clears throat> <clears throat> Sorry. This is gonna. This is this is a this is a this is a stuck up complaint. Okay, so I like to get this this gourmet popcorn that doesn't have holes. It's it's holeless, shellless, whatever. So when it pops, it doesn't mm-hmm. have that little crappy. Hu- well, mm-hmm. I buy popcorn in the bag now because I'm lazy, it, but it has holes in it, and and it makes me it makes me mad. It might mean, that I too. There's, there's some, sound, but I like Where do you get it? I mean, I get mine online. I get um it's called Royal something. Hold on. It's oh, that's probably the same. Royal um that's not it. R- Crown roll? No, that's the drink. All right. Crown Jewel, Crown Jewel. <laughs> oh, that's the same place I get popcorn from. I, you probably told me about this place. I get the little teeny tiny blue ones. Oh, blue I love, I, 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 I have to have the Hollis though. Um, it, yeah. It, it's my favorite. And my favorite uh, Hollis popcorn is, um, I like the baby pearl, but you're talking about the baby, the baby blue sapphire yeah thats yeah the blue yeah, one, yeah I think um, I like the baby pearl, I like the baby opal, um, and I also but also, I love the Southwest gold, so if um you're into popcorn like I am, go to Crown Jewel, you will not regret it. they make awesome fucking popcorn. it's not cheap, but it's really, really good. And I highly recommend the baby, the baby line, and um, the Southwest Gold. But you can get, like, a little package deal where you get a whole bunch of samples, um, and uh, try so you can try them all out. You get, like, uh, just, just little bags versus a whole pound. Um, and so, so you can try different ones out and see which ones you like. I have not tried them all um but the one my the one i tend to get is the baby blue sapphire so that's the one, <laughs> that's the but baby pearl um, has practically one. melt in your mouth at, oh. I, that's the other one i like it but i i i can walk away from the baby blue sapphire and the baby opal i cannot walk away from the baby pearl yeah yeah, so it's a, a baby pearl. Probably is my favorite, but I don't buy it because I can't. It's like it's there, stop eating haunting it, haunting me constantly. But I can walk away from the blue. I really enjoy it, but the blue and the opal, I can walk <laughs> away from that. Oh, the pearl is fucking awesome, totally awesome. Anyways, we're down to night. Uh, we're down to a minute and nineteen seconds. We'll probably have another podcast about um, the quantum thing as we get closer to. Um, Getting ready to, to the date, getting ready to bang, and um <laughs> the group bang, the group bang, yeah, and you know, pop my cherry on that whole bang thing, won't we? at least one yes, of them. we will. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you guys tomorrow night. We'll think of a topic between now and then. Say good night, Good night, everyone.